SMQBs episode 141. We're down three of our SMQBs who are traveling for the Thanksgiving holidays. And uh, so we've got Milk and Rooster here soldiering on without them. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. I think it's important to to tell our uh, listeners where our, our counterparts are. Uh, well, let's see. We've got we've got Bison who made who went all the way to Rio to see his heart What's throb. He doing there? He's seeing his heart throb. Oh, <laughs> Taylor is he, Swift. Bison is, he is a touring huge with... Swifty. He's a Swifty. Yes, for our listeners that don't know, Bison is a massive Swifty. He's touring in South America. He optioned out of the U.S. tour, went straight to the South America tour, and he's now, I think he's seeing multiple concerts. It's he's really incredible. Seen, he's been seen wearing a a chief's jersey in the hopes that she'll mistake him for somebody else but i don't know if that's worked yet <laughs> house house and his family are tour are in madrid with one of their okay. kids uh who's down there on a on a semester they're having a good time i think they've caught some professional soccer uh matches and, and then in Bobway. hope and his wife are in jamaica and from what I can tell, he's uh, basically trying to drain the Jamaicans of every last red stripe they have That's in the right. country. That's right. <laughs> there you go. That's where our counterparts anyway, are. Anyway, we're, we're hard. We're hardworking. That's right. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. I hope you all have fun. Indeed. Well, let's kick it off, Milk, with the numbers. What's your number right. this week? My number is personal to me. It's uh, 13. That is the number of losses that Billy Napier, head coach of the Florida Gator, has at the conclusion of year two. Put that in perspective, Steve Spurrier in 12 years as head coach at Florida had 27 losses. So he's almost halfway home, and we're not done with the second season. So that's great. That's awesome. At least he has a nice haircut. He does. (laughs) He's got a great haircut. Good God. What a train wreck. My number is five, which is the the number of the guy behind me, Tommy DeVito, has in touchdowns after two games, which is remarkably more touchdowns than Danny Jones threw all season before he got hurt, or that Zach Wilson threw in 10-plus games. Because if you remember, in game one, he came in pretty quickly after Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Neither one of those guys has five touchdowns. Jersey Juice has five already after two games, which is killing me because he's ruining our draft position. All right. Do you want to be winning at this point? I no, guess. no, absolutely not. And I'm pissed at the commanders for sucking so badly I, yesterday. Yeah, that, that's got to be uh, Rivera's nail. I mean, I think the cough. Nail in the coffin was already there. That just hammered it real home for him. I think so too. Um, I think there are three coaches that are beyond on the hot seat, and I just wonder if they even make it to the end of the year. Rivera is one of them for sure. Uh, whatever Frank Reich has been selling at the last two stops, his teams are not buying. And I mean, what what do the Panthers have have to wait for at this point? Why? 
I mean, I, <laughs> why keep Frank Reich? I I don't know. I guess he gets a pass, right? I mean, it's just typical because of what? Because of past head coaching success. I've when did that happen? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I and you you have to wonder if Bryce is the guy or not. But look, it's his first year. They're not all going to be CJ Stroud. Some guys take two to three seasons. Um, We'll see. I mean, I'm sure they'll evaluate at the end of the year how and interview the players. They. I, they seem like they're still trying, but they haven't quit yeah. on them. Yeah. But speaking yeah, of he may winning, have to go. He may have to you, go. When you talk about uh, Rivera, I heard I heard today he's been a coach for 15 years, and he's had two winning seasons in those 15 years. It's amazing. It's amazing. Both of which you were know, with the Panthers. The the other unbelievable stat I heard was. So your boy DeVito got sacked nine times yesterday. <laughs> nine times. You know, when an opposing team sacks the quarterback nine times, up until yesterday, 43-1 and one record. Make it 43-2. and two. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it wasn't and, even that close. It wasn't even then, close. And then the bad news chargers have got to get rid of Brandon Staley like tomorrow. You've been calling for this all year. Unbelievable. Calling it for two years. Justin Herbert is playing his ass off. In fact, if uh, Quentin Johnson hadn't dropped a 70 yard wide open touchdown pass, they would have won that game. But Staley keeps calling the defense and they they keep getting everything wrong. I I mean, I just think he's terrible and has to go. And to make matters worse, it looks like they've lost Joey Bosa for the year with a foot injury. Ooh, ooh. And. He's turning on reporters at, at yeah. press conferences, which is always the yeah. next sign. I saw, I heard that they, the Chargers invest their defense has the second highest payroll in the NFL. Well, you and never like, know it. Yeah. They're, they're last in like every category. They're terrible. Terrible. Yeah. They're, what are they now? Four and six? Four and six. I How? think we're, I think we're at the point of the season where, in addition to these coaches being on the hot seat, We've got, I think we're down to two elite teams who are playing each other tonight. Right. Maybe, maybe two top tier teams, the Niners and the Cow Pukes. And then five good teams that are not in the top tier, the Dolphins, the Jags, Ravens, Lions, and Browns. Only because they're just sometimes not consistent. I mean, sometimes they lose games they should They win games. They lose games they should win. Um, yeah. so, but they're good. I mean, the lions are probably going to win their division. The Ravens look like they'll win their division unless the Browns take it from them. Dolphins are good enough to win their division and the Jags are good enough to win their division. And then we have a couple of wild card contenders that will go along with whatever wild card teams, you know, in this five good category, don't win the division. And I put the bills and the Texans in that category. I think they're not Good, good, but they're good enough to grab a wild card. What do you think of that? I agree. I mean, look, the Bill, the Bills got a good win yesterday. I guess it was a good win. The Jets are absolutely a God, they're a train wreck. Um, and they I know they benched Zach Wilson. That's not gonna help them one bit. Um it might have to... five weeks ago. It looks like the defense <laughs> is so demoralized they've given up. They're the defense, but their their offensive line is so bad. 
Yeah. I heard. I, th- I think I heard today they've used 14 offensive linemen this season, <laughs> which is absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, no, look, the Bills had to win that game. I mean, that's just – if they had lost that, their season's already somewhat spiraling. It would have completely spiraled out of control. But I don't know. I mean, it's the – it's the Jets at at home. Uh, they seem to, the Bills seem to lose anytime they play any team that's you know, worth half of you know. Yeah, worth anything. Let's see how they do against the Eagles next week. I predict they get stomped. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, I don't think I don't see the Bills going very far. I don't see the 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 Browns. I mean, the Browns are now onto the rookie UCLA quarterback. You know, in this post uh, Watson. Yeah, I know they won yesterday, but they won. They beat a Steelers team who, whose offense is also atrocious, atrocious yep. offense. Yep. Couldn't move the ball at all. Kenny Pickett sucks. Um, so I don't know. The Browns going anywhere? I, hey, I would. I know those those teams are. I think the Browns are seven and three. Well, talk to me about the Broncos, man. I mean, they've quietly won four in a row, and they're. I think it's time to start. I, I I saw some that Vikings team is a very good team. That was a big win last night. And Russell Wilson has been shit on in the early part of this year. And I said it at the beginning of the season. Sean Payton is a very good coach and he will turn that team around. Yep. They play the Browns next weekend to win. Yeah, to go. Interesting game. Russell's playing well. He's not he's not playing like early Seahawks Russell Wilson, but he's playing well. And improving, it looks like week to week. So that's a good sign for them. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It'll, no, be, it'll be interesting to see, though, if they can catch up to the probably the Browns and the Texans who will have, and, and the Bills who they'll have to catch for a wild card. Hey, the Texans, I mean, look, what can you say about Stroud? Now, he, he didn't have the best game yesterday. I think he threw, I think he threw three picks. Yeah, he had a rough game yesterday, and they wound up winning the game, which I think is a good sign for that team. Yeah, yeah, I I like the Texans. I still don't. I don't, but to your point, I mean, look, do they rise to the level of the Eagles and the Chiefs? And I would throw the Cowboys up there. Uh, no, I mean, there's just the top teams. The drop off between the top three teams and everybody else is pretty yep. significant, in my opinion. Um, well, I'm sure you watched yeah. the the Niners game yesterday. Since you're a Bucks yeah. fan, you put you put the Niners up there with the Cowboys, or no? I, I I like I have the Cowboys above the Niners. I look, the Bucks had a chance to honestly, they could have won the game. Yeah, and uh, Brock Purdy had like the most ridiculous game of like any four. Of course, it was against the Bucks. I mean, his like rating was off the charts. He had four incompletions the entire game, three touchdowns. So we made him look really, really good. Um, you know what the highest possible QB rating you can get in a game is? What is it? He, he, One, yeah, 158.3, which makes no sense to me, but that is the highest. That's what you know, he had, right? That's what he had. That's what yeah. he had. <laughs> he had him. It was unbelievable. Yeah, guess you know, who the he... next two are for the week in QBR. It does. You'll never get it. Number two was Will Levis at one forty three point seven, and number three was Jersey Juice Tommy DeVito, one thirty seven point seven. Unreal, man. 
What a difference a week week makes. I I thought uh, for sure that guy would be kicked out of the NFL after the Cowboys game. I did too. I he did was going to be selling insurance this week. What do you I know? think I think we're at the point of the season though where who can survive injuries to their stars is becoming important. Is the Mark Andrews injury season ending? He's out for the year. For the Ravens, Burrow, that's a big Burrow's deal. Burrow's out for the year. Yeah, Burrow's out for the year. The Bengals are not a, a wild card team without Burrow's. I don't think. Do no, you think they are? Not, no, I don't think they make the playoffs now, which is Kenny, crazy. Kenny Walker played four, had four carries and one reception before he was out with an oblique injury for the Seahawks. Aaron Jones hurt his knee for the Pats. I mean, the Packers. Not that they're going anywhere. Cooper Cups yeah. hurt again. Your guy. A chain reaggravated his knee. He, he looks like he's going to have to take off some significant time for that. I mean, the, whoever can survive these kind of injuries is, is at an advantage. And so far, it looks like the teams we've been talking about at the top the um, Eagles, the Chiefs, the 49ers, the Cowboys have avoided any kind of major star injuries. Yeah. Yeah. No, look, I mean, there's parity in injuries. I mean, everybody faces them, especially in week 10 and 11. You've been doing this for for two months now. So everybody's going to have a man down here and there. uh, And it it all comes out. But not everybody's going to be like the Bengals who have their superstar quarterback out or the Browns who have their superstar running back and their quarterback out. That's tough to overcome. Yeah. Browns are yeah. looking like they can possibly do it. I don't think the Bengals can. No, 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 no. I, I, I agree. Um, yeah. I mean, look, you can't lose your quarterback and you can't lose your star quarterback. Those are, those are the bad ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you think about tonight's game? Who do you like? I, I, uh, objectively, I think the chiefs, don't have wide receivers who can get open or catch the ball. So to me, for me, that puts them as the underdog against the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, look, the Eagles have a pretty average to below average passing defense, but they have an unbelievable rushing defense, right? I think it's number one in the NFL. So uh, it's going to be on Mahomes' shoulder to win this game. But if his receivers can't do anything, it's going to be tough. Alternatively, the Chiefs um, have a really good passing defense and a very average rushing defense. So that's going to play into the Eagles' hands, right? They love to run the ball. They're going to lean yeah. on Swift. They're going to try to get Hurts to, you know, he'll take off when he when he needs to. And then you got to hope for just a, a play action, something to set up for, you know, long AJ Brown pass or something like that. But look, it's in Kansas City. That's a hard place to play, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Who what's your pick? I mean, I I I'm gonna go with the with the Chiefs only because it's in Kansas City. It's gonna be a close game. It could go down the you know, yep. last possession. Yep. It's gonna be a great game though. We haven't this is a this is a five star uh you don't get many oppor- many games like this every week. So um, yeah, I mean, hell, and we're in week 11, and there's only three losses between those two teams. Right. And I don't ever get excited about an Eagles game. I want to make that clear. I'm not excited to watch the Eagles, but this should be a good football game. 
All right. Anything else on the NFL milk? No. Well, we got to get our Plaxico Plaxico locks. All right. Uh, Oh, this past week. uh, Well, well, coming off week 10, we've sort of had a flip-flop. Coming off week 10, we had uh, you, Pope, and I had losses. And Bison and House had wins. This week, it's the opposite. You, I'm the only one who Pope, lost. You, Pope, and I. Oh, you lost again. Oh, I lost so, again. I'm the only uh, one who lost. No, no, House lost too. I'm, no, he took. Didn't he? He took no, the Vikings. They were getting one and, one and a half, half at the time, so he and, covered. So, what was the score? Twenty-one to twenty. All right. So, <laughs> House wins. You're the only loss. I'm the only. Sorry loss about that, I Milk. Took the Lions at minus Yikes. ten, and I went. Would have, would have taken it at 17 was my quote last week. That's embarrassing. Bison has now won two in a row, so he he's fighting his way out of the basement. Um, I had the Cowboys at minus 11 over Carolina. Great pick. That was a good pick. Yeah. I mean, the, that was easy. Pope had the Texans minus four over the cards and just barely squeaked that one out. Mm-hmm. Lions had a really great come from behind win in that game, but didn't quite cover for you. Sorry. And then Bison had another good pick, the Niners over the Bucks. (laughs) Right. Right. So So, I'm the only one who lost. So who's your pick this week? I'm going to go with, well, this is to spite House because House is taking the Colts at minus two and a half. I have to take the Bucks now. He's forcing me into this. I'll take the Bucks plus two and a half uh, in an epic showdown between two bad teams. Well, you know, I, when he took the Colts, I immediately thought about the Niners game, and, and I agree with you. I thought even though the Bucks lost by 13 points, they played well. They looked good in that game. Baker looked okay. It looked um, okay. We, we yeah. had some bad injuries, though. So yeah, uh, our secondaries. The Bucks seem to be playing well together at this point in the year. They're they're just missing a few pieces, and the Colts are going in the wrong direction. So I don't know. You may win that one. Yeah. Um, let me see. So uh, House, like you say, took the Colts minus two and a half against your Bucks. Pope is taking the Eagles minus three and a half against the Bills. I think that's a good one. And, and he's saying. That they're going to be mad after tonight, which means he's predicting an Eagles loss tonight. Yeah. And then Bison, this is a questionable one, it's taking the Steelers minus one against the Bengals. Both are they, those teams you, suck. Is, is it minus one or, or plus one? He said it was plus one, but it's minus one. Uh, okay. Steelers, interesting. Yeah. And so. I'm taking the Dolphins minus seven and a half against the hapless Jets. Yeah, I like that one too. That might that that's a that could be a that could be a lock. If House hadn't forced me to take the Bucks, I would have taken that taking the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I, I kind of like the Niners against the Seahawks, but the Seahawks are a much better team than the Jets, so why why risk it? Man, that was <laughs> a bad loss for them yesterday. I don't know how good they are. Geno Smith looks like he's regressed. And he's hurt. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about them. You've got Kenny Walker hurt. Geno's hurt. Um, Yeah, they could be in trouble. 
Um, Good thing I didn't make, make a fantasy trade with you to, to get Walker. I that know. God, I wish I had unloaded him on some right. sucker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk college football. Take it away. Yeah, I mean, kind of a, a somewhat uneventful Saturday. I mean, we can get to really the, the major storyline was Jordan Travis's injury for Florida State. And if you had a chance to see it, it was horrific. Gruesome. Uh, gruesome. Very gruesome. Obviously, he's done for the year. Hopefully, it's not career ending. Oh, you know, he seems like a good kid. So, look, Georgia, uh, their final test of the year was at Tennessee. They absolutely dominated them. Um, and and when Tennessee came out hot and scored on their, I think it was their opening possession, like a 75-yard um play and it looked like oh here we go and they just absolutely pounded them into the ground georgia solidified themselves as the number one team in the country for sure um no one else uh, uh, michigan looked interesting what's going on um, with their passing game yeah i they look that was a they could have lost that game to maryland mm-hmm. um yeah, you know, look, they're so run first. Uh, they they really rely on on you know it's make or break it with Corum. I it look this this weekend is the showdown, right? The highlight of this weekend is Michigan Ohio State, um, and and what's going to happen there, and the the playoff committee is going to have a lot of. I mean, this thing is going to get controversial because what do you do with Florida State now, right? Are you going to penalize them for having an injury? Because are they the same team without Jordan Travis? I, no. I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to knock them down if right. they're undefeated. Uh, you know, they're playing a very poor, below average Florida team. Although it's a rivalry, you know, they could struggle. I mean, Florida has not quit yet. They almost beat Missouri. Should have, but gave up a fourth and seventeen. <laughs> um, yes. they have Brandon Staley calling the defense on that play. Yeah, I mean, I, if I see a, like a soft zone defense uh, again, I'm gonna uh, go nuts. But I, yeah, I mean, Washington lingering—they don't have much of a test. I mean, I know it's rivalry week, but none of these teams are playing other than Michigan, Ohio State. Georgia's playing Georgia Tech. Uh, Washington's playing Washington State. They're terrible. Florida State's playing Florida. Ohio State, Michigan going head to head. Somebody's got to lose. Uh, so where are you gonna where are you gonna put those teams with with one loss? Um, and then obviously it'll come down to the conference championship games. But you know, this is a this this Michigan Ohio State game reminds me of the the Chiefs Eagles tonight. I it's so hard to predict. I have no and it's at Michigan, so I guess you got to give a slight edge to them, but man, you have two really, really good defenses going head to head. But I saw, you know, Michigan has not played anyone this year. They played right. their toughest game. Their only ranked team they played is Penn State. Right. And, you know, they handled their business there. And but the Ohio State killed Penn State. Penn State has no offense. Right. And that, you know, they hand Ohio State's been blowing everybody out pretty much. Um, I will say this though about Ohio State. I went to the Ohio State Penn State game, and you know it's a small sample; it's one game. But I didn't think Kyle McCord was sharp in the red zone, mm-hmm. uh, which could be a problem. 
But but on the other hand, it seems like Michigan is afraid to let their quarterback throw the ball right now. So who knows between the two teams? Yeah. The pass what well, the passing game looks like. Marvin Harrison caught only three passes this weekend against Minnesota. They got to so, get him more involved. Yeah. yeah. Have to get him involved. Um, Ohio State is going to focus on shutting down Corum and, and Michigan's running attack. That's, I mean, that's and force them to, sh- to throw the ball, which they haven't been doing that well. Like you said, Harrison has to become a factor. McCord, you know, for all, he's not, a, he's not wowing anybody with stats, but, He's pretty, um, you know, he's a game manager. He's safe. He's a he good game manager between the 30s. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't turn the ball over. He's He only has, uh, I, I think he only has four picks on the entire year. Um, so, but you got to have Harrison involved. It's got to be a big part of the, um, uh, of the, the strategy. And we'll see what, you know, we'll see how this horrible thing goes on. I mean, I I still think the call of the year was yours early on when you said, watch out for Washington and Michael Penix. If they're playing in the toughest conference in football, every game they play right now, it's cold and raining or it's going to be snowing soon. And they still, they're still lighting it up. I look, they have a easy test. I mean, they're wash. I know it's robbery game, but Washington state's terrible. Um, But, the Pac-12 game the following weekend is probably going to be against Oregon. They have to take care of business against Oregon State. Mm-hmm. If Washington is undefeated and beats Oregon again, a top 10 team, like what are you going to do? What if Florida State and Washington are both sitting there they're undefeated, sitting there undefeated and I guess Michigan and Ohio State with one loss, I guess they get knocked out. Um it it's going to get interesting. It's gonna get well, one of them. One of them will get. Yeah, out. I. I mean, you could see the the committee would love for Florida State to lose. Yeah, this weekend to the Gators. Then Let me the, ask you next, about. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. I so said they they could make the decision easy for them. You were talking about Washington, Oregon, uh, on the horizon. How do you explain the turnaround in Bo Nix's career? Well, I was going to say this the other day, like. um, and I'm a SEC guy, as you guys know. So Bo Nix started at Auburn. His dad is a legendary Auburn quarterback. In fact, he's well known for an unbelievably heartbreaking play in Gainesville to beat the Gators in the when we were in our prime with Spurrier. Um, and then he came to Auburn. He had so many expectations as a result because his dad was like a legend. Yeah, and he was basically kicked out of town. Um, and career was over and he goes to Oregon and wow. I mean, I look, I don't know if it's coaching. Now Auburn's had some bad, had some bad coaches at the time too. Um, and he's gone into a good system where he's able to excel, you know, the, the sec bias will, t- will say, Oh, you know, he's in the pac 12. He's not facing the competition that he, that he once did. But I think that's BS. He's having an unbelievable season. He has completely turned around his career. He's now like, hey, are we going to talk about him for the NFL? Yeah. Um, it's been a hell of a story, and he doesn't get enough. Not No one really talks about him. The guy from Oregon Clemson State. who left Clemson to go to what was it? Uh, Oregon State? Washington State. Washington State. He's the, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't turn it around like Bo Nix did. Right. Yeah. Getting out of the That's SEC. Right. What was, what's his yeah. name? 
Ulele. Ulele, yeah. Ulele. Yeah. They started off really well and they 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 yeah. tanked. Yeah. Um well, what about um Arch Manning? Do you think a change of scenery is gonna res- have a similar result for him, or was he just overhyped? Manning? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, he hasn't played yet, right? Right. So, like, yeah, no. I, I think I they mean, expected him to crack the lineup, though, when they brought him on board by at least the second year, right? Yeah. I mean, look, Ewers was always going to start this year, um, and that, they didn't want to play Manning this year. He needed to learn, and and he's too too fresh. But, I mean, I think for sure next season, Texas will be leaning on him, um, and that'll be Texas's first year in the in the SEC. So we'll see what what happens. But hey, Texas is right there too, right? So if you, I mean, you can have some serious chaos. You know, Ohio State and Michigan are going to lose. If you get Florida State that gets knocked knocked out, they have to play Florida, and then they have to play probably Louisville, who's very good, top ten, um, who's undefeated by the way, in the SEC in the ACC championship game. You've got Texas and Bama with one loss. Texas beating Alabama earlier in the year. So what are you going to do there? It'd be hard to put Bama in front of Texas uh, when they went head to head. So these next ten days, next two weeks are going to get very interesting in in college football. I mean, there could be some some chaos. And it's a look. This is the the real exciting thing for me is to think of next year when you have a twelve team playoff because. Think about who would be in that playoff this year right now. All of these teams we're talking about, Bama, Texas, Oregon would have a chance. You know, Missouri, all of these schools, Penn State would be there. Maybe Tulane. Maybe Tulane. That's right. (laughs) Tulane would would be in, I think, as like the highest whatever. Ten and one. Yeah. So um, it'll get real real exciting next year. We could have some major – we could end the last – year of a four-team playoff with some pretty controversial uh decisions they're gonna have some their work cut out for them if if there aren't some unexpected upsets which like i said they'd probably prefer to happen then they they could make their decision for them so we'll see it's gonna be exciting all right good good report um let's let's do a punchable face you have one right don't call it a comeback i've got one I, I go ahead. This, go ahead. I'm punching the. I don't know who to punch though. Am I? I'm. I'm punching the commanders. I don't know if it's their owners, if it's the people who operate FedEx Field. Um, but this is like the 80th time now, literally, that I've heard about a bad thing happen at this stadium, which is ranked the worst stadium. It's, the place the is NFL. falling apart. I mean, falling apart. There's a new video every year of water coming out of places where it shouldn't come out of. And of course, this latest story involves water. Apparently, after the Giants Commanders game, there was no there was no running water. I think like in the Commanders locker room, the Giants had some water, water. all cold water. (laughs) None of the players were able to shower in the Commanders locker room. They're all leaving bitching about this thing. It's just like. It's a complete joke. Every single we can't go like a month without something bad happening at FedEx Field. You got to get your that shit together. Yeah, it's terrible. It's bad. It's in a terrible location. Get rid of it. Bring that stadium back to DC. Uh, yeah. So I'm Which punching would be whoever. Huge. 
the it would entire be huge. organization. If they could get yes. in downtown DC, it would be huge. Yes. I've got a punch too. And before I give this punch, I would like to make clear that the punchable face of the week is a figurative gesture. The uh -oh. SMQBs do not punch women. Are we don't we don't advocate punching women. I you know there was there may have been one exception back way back when when Milk was mud wrestling in Jacksonville in his youth and in his defense that woman was kicking his ass. So <laughs> I don't remember that. No comment. <laughs> but today's punchable face for me is Charissa Thompson. And I know this has been reported to death, but she's come out and tried to fix the situation by saying that when she when she went on Barstool, uh, pardon my take or whatever it is, and said that when she was a sideline reporter, if she couldn't get the coach to give her a comment, she would just make one up and report it as if the coach had told her something. So her fix to that today was, well, I didn't mean to say that. What I meant to say was I would um, say something factual based on what I observed during the game, yeah. but then I would attribute it to the coach because I think that's what he would have said. Hey, let me give you a clue, Charissa. They're both lies. They both the integrity of your profession and there's a reason the women who are sideline reporters past and present are pissed at you because you know there's a history of fans and the league not taking these women seriously enough you know there's a perception that some of them are roaming the sidelines just because of their looks and this kind of stupid bimbo kind of comment does not advance the cause one bit i understand why people like hannah storm and leslie visser and pam oliver and others are pissed you're yeah. a moron what you need to say is the truth that you know the if you had integrity your answer would be sometimes these coaches refuse to talk because they're upset with their team or they're too busy preparing and so in those instances if i don't have a quote from the coach I will say, hey, based on my observations, I think this is what the team needs to do. There's nothing wrong with that. That's the truth. But you can't yeah. make up quotes if you're a journalist. It's just, it's just terrible. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, and then you, then I heard, uh, who was it? Was it Erin Andrews? And she was like, oh, I've done that before. Yeah. Well, she's no, their no, buddies. No, no. They have their own podcast. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's who she was talking to. She's like, I yeah. had to do that once for a coach. So yeah, no. And Aaron funny, Andrews, yeah, I think her justification was she didn't think she had some. See, issue. I think Aaron Andrews knows her shit. Like she knows football, and she thinks right. she thought that some coach gave her an answer that was didn't reflect the coach's real knowledge of the situation. and was going to make him look bad, so she sort of fixed his quote to to protect him, right. which still you shouldn't do, but it's not nearly as brazen is what charissa thompson said she did right, right and then of course i was watching games this weekend and every time they would do the sideline reporter i was like mm, wonder if that's did they real. say that did they really say that they really i don't know Are those coaches mm -hmm. all every one of those sideline reports where the coach does give a comment 
the coach looks like, get me out of here. I hate every second of this is the dumbest thing. And then gives some quote that's worthless. Like, why do we need to even hear that? Right. Right. There are very few coaches who are personable with the sideline reporters. No, they hate doing it. Yeah. They can't stand it. Terrible. It's terrible. It's BS. It's like, you come come on. It's part of your job. Like, yep. You you need to talk to them. It's absurd. So we don't have a lasso this week, do we? Not really. Uh, I don't know. I don't have anything. Well, it is it is the week uh, of nonstop football, so that that will be fun. But let's move on to buzzer beaters, and uh, you know, this could, we, we could be setting a record for uh, efficiency here. Finish this thing up. Mine is um, Caitlin Clark, the women's basketball player that we've been talking up a lot lately as being, you know, one of the purest shooters in all of basketball. She just uh, had her 39th career game with over 30 points, which broke a record held by Washington's Kelsey Plum. Um, That's, you know, that's a big deal, especially in a, in a league where it's somewhat low scoring and she's, she's got 39 games in what, three years where she scored over 30. That's, that's a big deal. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about is whether you heard anything about this angel Reese situation at LSU. Apparently, apparently the coach, Kim Mulcahy, Mulkey, Kim Mulkey benched her superstar Angel Reese, and when I say superstar, I mean she's making a million seven a year in NIL earnings as a college women's basketball player. And apparently, Coach Mulkey didn't like her attitude and benched her after she had scored something like eleven points in the first thirteen minutes of the game, and then didn't. Then she was a DNP in the next game, and it remains to be seen whether she's even playing tonight against Texas Southern. Um, I, I'm really curious to know what's going on there because, you know, you've seen the coach, right? The LSU coach with the yeah. crazy outfits and she's an attention seeker. I, I wonder if maybe she doesn't like the fact that she's, she's being <laughs> outshone by her star player. I don't know. We'll love see. It. We'll see. We'll see. What do you I have? Um, I, I just saw an interesting, uh, Someone circulated it this week, so I thought we should talk about it real quick. Um, the top 10 highest paid college athletes this year. Um, do you know who number the number one NIL deal uh, college athlete is? Is it Shadur? No. It's Bronny James. And he's uh, currently he's not making, stepped on the court yet, right? He not stepped on the court. He is making six point one million dollars a year. Second is Sanders making $3.8 million a year. And apparently he drives around in a, is it a Rolls Royce SUV, $450,000 vehicle. Right. Uh, the LSU done, uh, Livy done the gymnast $3 million a year. Arch Manning has never played a snap. He's already at $3 million a year. Um, and then Caleb William Williams rounds out the top five at $2.6 million a year. Uh, just incredible how college football has changed and no, excuse me, college sports has changed where 
literally we have kids making $6 million a year now and they're 18, 19 years old. Well, well, at least um, Caleb Williams and Sanders are putting it on the line every Saturday. The ones that kill me are the ones who are even getting in the game and they're making all that money. Ronnie James is worth a billion dollars, by the way. I mean, his dad is, but he's making six million a year. I mean, it's unbelievable. And he's never played. Arch Manning is making $3 million this year. You didn't play one snap. It's, and he I, honestly, I didn't think he looked particularly good in uh, the preseason when they let him the, play in the spring. Yeah, when in the spring game, I mean, he'll get he'll get better. But dude, that's more than how much is Tommy DeVito making this year? I think he, Tommy he, DeVito makes about forty four thousand dollars a game. He makes forty. <laughs> he, I think he has a side gig. He's got to take two yeah, jobs. He's got to live with his mom. He Help bartends at night. I mean, <laughs> this is. This is unbelievable how it's just crazy how college sports has changed, man. It is a whole different world now. Um, I don't know. Arguably for the better or worse. I don't know. But it's it's nuts. It is. All right. Hey, hey, have a happy uh, Thanksgiving, you and your family and to the rest of the SMQBs out there, too. And everybody in all of our two or three listeners. Our two listeners. Happy Thanksgiving. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving to my SMQ brothers. uh, And we'll uh, see all of them back next week. All right. You're talking shit for the hell of it. Addicted to betrayal, but you're relevant. You're terrified to look down. Cause if you dare, you see the glare of everyone you burn just to get there. It's coming back around. And I keep my side of the street clean You wouldn't know what I mean Cause karma is my boyfriend Karma is a god Karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend Karma's a relaxing thought Aren't you envious that for you it's not Sweet like honey Karma is a cat Purring in my lap cause it loves me Boy, king of thieves, weave your little webs of opacity. My pennies made your crown. Trick me once, trick me twice. Don't you know the cash ain't the only price? It's coming back around. And I keep my side of the street clean. You
the thunder, rattling your ground. Karma's on your scent like a bounty hunter. Karma's gonna track you down, step by step from town to town. Sweet like justice, karma is a queen. Karma takes all my friends to the summit. Karma is the guy on the screen, coming straight home to me. The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison-Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening. <laughs>